Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today I am doing a quick little solo episode. It's been a few months. I thought I would check in. The first thing I want to talk about is a very exciting announcement, which is that I now know the theme for April Smell Club, or I guess I've known for a little bit, but I can finally share it with you all. Depending on when this episode comes out, you might already know, but this month it is a brand spotlight, and the brand that we are spotlighting is BDK Parfum. And I'm so excited to announce that what is also included in this month's Smell Club is a bonus Zoom Q&A meet and greet with the founder of BDK Parfum, David Benedek. If you are relatively new to Perfume Room and you are like, what is Smell Club? What is this elusive thing that I hear you mention every so often and I have no idea what it is? Let me tell you. Smell Club is a monthly virtual smelling session and hang for listeners of Perfume Room, for people who love fragrances, where every month in partnership with Lucky Scent, I curate a sample pack based on a different theme. So it might be highlighting a note, it might be more abstract, like we did witchy scents for Halloween, we did love and aphrodisiac type of scents for February for Valentine's Day. This month it is a brand spotlight, we've done notes in the past. We meet, we smell those five fragrances, we talk about them, and it is a great way to meet fellow perfume lovers. In fact, someone DM'd me the other day and told me that someone that they met through Smell Club, they are now collaborating with and creating a custom fragrance. This is exactly why Smell Club exists. It makes me so happy. I love seeing familiar faces every month. And I also love it because I feel like now I know you guys. I know the listeners of this podcast. I know your voices, your preferences, your faces. If you've never done it, I highly encourage you to sign up. See what you think. I think you will really love it. And with that said, I want to get to some of the questions that you guys wrote in that you wanted me to speak about today. The first thing someone wrote in was that they were looking for recommendations for inoffensive but bold fragrances. And to that, I ask, who are you offending with your fragrance? Because I have a bone to pick with them. But I get what you're saying. You want fragrances that have a strong maybe projection or sillage, but are generally pleasing and not something that is going to ruffle any feathers. And I feel like the safest way to go with that is usually citrus. I also feel like a more sort of like white musk, fresh musk scenario is always a safe bet. So let me give you some recommendations. Some citruses that I think have a pretty powerful sillage and projection, but again, just have like a very fresh, pleasant smell would be, you know, I'm going to say it. I feel like I've talked about this fragrance at nauseum, but Fleur Tangerine Boy, great one. Maison Crivelli Citrus Baracango, which has some sort of like patchouli and mossiness in there that I really love. Cologne Citrate from Matière Première is just this really warm sort of green, fresh fragrance with some mate notes in there. Citrus Grandis from Chris Collins feels like a sort of white musk pomelo scent that's just so fresh but also smooth at the same time. I also think, okay, I'm very particular about fig. And in fact, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that a lot of fig scents make me nauseous. But I'm happy to report that I recently tried a classic fig scent that I had never tried before that I find to be so pleasant and beautiful, perfectly green, not cloying at all. And that is Ubigant Figuier Noir. I smelled it the other day in Bergdorf's, which by the way, I need to talk about my recent Bergdorf trip because it was next level out of this world. But I really enjoyed Figuier Noir. And when I was at Bergdorf's, I ran into my old friend, Alayton, who used to work at Atelier on Elizabeth Street. Then obviously Atelier went under, or at least in North America for the time being, the most nebulous goodbye ever. 
But Atelier is no more in North America, and I was so happy to see a familiar face at Bergdorf's. He is now working for the maker, but he's also working across the floor. And my mom and I just sort of wandered into Bergdorf's. She was in the city on Saturday. We wandered in, and he took us through a two-hour olfactive journey of Bergdorf's of so many brands that I had never tried before. I had not tried the new perfume headline that you might have seen on Instagram or TikTok, so he took us through all the fragrances. TLDR there. I think they're really beautiful. I think the price point is kind of insane. I forget what the exact bottle size is. It's like, I think it's like less than 50 mils, might be 50 mils exactly, but they retail for like $425. So I can speak about some of the fragrances I loved, but I don't know that I would spend $425 on any of them. He also showed me a brand called DBE which I was not familiar with at all. And the caps are all these like custom ceramic. I'm going to put a picture in the notes because I don't even know how to describe them. But they look otherworldly, really beautiful, really interesting. And anyway, one of the scents that he showed us was Figuier Noir from Ubigand, which I had not yet tried and really loved. So going back to the sort of inoffensive but bold fragrances, I'm going to put Juniper Sling in there. You know I love that Panhaligon scent. It's the perfect sort of soapy citrusy juniper like gin like fragrance with these amazing base notes of cherry and sugar that just bring out this gentle sweetness in the dry down that complements that sort of citrus facet and that sort of soapy facet in such a beautiful warm subtle way there's also a nutmeg note in there so there's like a little bit of like a kitchen spice thing going on i just i love that fragrance maybe um narciso pure musk would be another recommendation that just feels sort of like fresh softly aldehydic white musk like you sort of just got out of the shower type of smell i feel like that has a great sillage wouldn't offend anybody really lovely somebody asked for my favorite body wash shampoos conditioners so i don't know if you want based on the fragrance or based on the product itself i was actually talking about this i think on instagram live the other week but i'm very big on mixing highs and lows there's some things i really splurge on and some things i really save on and this is an example of something that i saved on that i am obsessed with so my boyfriend bought in bulk for like seven dollars i think it was like three for seven like something that he found online of the garnier fructis pure clean shampoo when i tell you that that smell is everything I want out of a shampoo and more. It is like a fresh, dewy, apple-y type of like fruitiness that like really reminds me of just like the best smelling shampoos that I feel like we all sort of use in the 2000s. I don't know if I can speak to like the quality of the shampoo. Like I don't really notice my hair being better or worse for using it. I feel like it's kind of neutral, but I love the smell. I love the affordability. And with that, I also think I've talked about this, but there is a conditioner that I splurge on. I'm typing it as you hear me. I, I want to make sure I get the name right. It comes in a container and it's called L'Oreal Paris Absolute Repair Lipidium Conditioner. And I was actually recommended that by a hairstylist a few years ago. I had incredibly thin hair, like straw-like, like you could see every single strand. It looked like I had like put my finger in an electric socket and it was so bad and it was so thin that I sort of went in tears to get my hair cut and she was like, try this conditioner. I was very hesitant because I'm like, what really will a conditioner do? But when I tell you it changed the texture of my hair like completely, I swear by it. So I use like a $3 shampoo and basically a $30 conditioner. And then for body wash, I have been really lucky that I've been gifted a lot of body washes from brands, but I will say that my favorite one consistently has been the By Rosie Jane Calm the Fuck Down. I love the oil as well. And that's the name of the body wash, Calm the Fuck Down. It is so 
good. It feels like I'm in this little spa experience in the shower. And then in terms of what I put on after the shower, again, I love the Calm the Fuck Down Body Oil from By Rosie Jane. And I also love the Costa Brazil Kaya Jungle Firming Oil. The scent in the oil form is just like the best thing on this earth. Aside from Calm the Fuck Down, those are both equally amazing. I reach for them like equal amounts. What's weird is that the Costa Brazil made the scent of the Kaya Jungle Oil in an Eau de Parfum form. And in the Eau de Parfum form, there's something a little bit more like skanky and animalic that you don't get in the oil that I don't enjoy as much. I can talk about some products outside of the bathroom that I love in my apartment. Also a mix of highs and lows. We just bought a water filter. We got the Aqua True countertop water filter, which is very bulky. You definitely need to have counter space for it. We didn't really have it and we just sort of made it. But it is a game changer. The act of like dispensing water, I can't even explain how luxurious it feels. If you have a Brita, you know like you're constantly refilling that thing. Then you have to pour it into a cup. No big deal, right? That's what I thought because that's what I've always used. But... Pushing a button and seeing water dispense the same way that you would at like a water cooler in your office, that is luxury. It is like next level. I mean, we have to refill it like once or twice a day, but I just to know that I'm drinking very purified water, clean water, I don't have to buy bottles of it. I don't have to wonder if the bird is actually clean or actually filtering it. I'm just really enjoying it. I think I would personally recommend the Aqua Chew. I've had a good experience with it, but I feel like any at-home water filter is just, I don't know how I did life without it. Someone asked me to do my Love is Blind season four fragrance pairings. I feel like there are a lot of cast members this season. So I will just give you guys the ones that like immediately come to mind. I will admit I haven't done it for all of the cast members, but here's what I have so far. Looking at the sort of love triangle that is Jackie, Marshall, and Josh. I feel like Jackie is a black opium girl. I don't know. It just like, it just feels right. Josh, Dior Sauvage. Marshall, I I haven't even like really given it enough thought to know like what he's wearing. I feel like he's probably wearing something like aromatic and classic. I feel like I could see him in like a Mont Blanc Explorer, maybe like a Terre d'Hermes for evening, something kind of like that. Moving on to Chelsea and Kwame. Jury is still out on Kwame. I feel like he might wear like YSL La Nuit de L'Homme, like just something again, sort of like classic, a little bit more evening. And Chelsea, I feel like she is in her unapologetic, like girly girl era. She has suppressed it for past people she's dated. She loves to wear pink. Her apartment has like pink accents and everything. I feel like she is a pink sugar aqualina girl. If not pink sugar aqualina, then I feel like she's just wearing something that is like unapologetically sweet and gourmand. Moving on to Micah and Irina, I feel like they would be like Santal 33, Baccarat Rouge, maybe like a Byredo Baldafrique, like just something that is like pretty popular bestseller that is like, you know, in air quotes, cool. I feel like Brett, I could see him in like Bleu de Chanel. Tiffany, again, like something sort of comparable to that, like classic, pleasant, maybe like a YSL Lieb or um, Chanel Gabrielle, something like that. And then I didn't even do Paul, Zach, or Bliss. But now that I'm thinking about it as we're talking, I feel like Bliss would be like a La Vie Belle, maybe like Mon Guerlain, like just something that's sort of gourmand, popular, pretty nice, like sweet and comforting, but not like so confectionery. 
Zach, I'm going to go with Burberry Hero just because Adam Driver is the face of that fragrance and their energies are just aligning in my head, sort of like oddballs, like normal in a sort of like obscure, eccentric way, but still sort of mainstream. And then with Paul, I feel like he wears his men's speed stick. I feel like he probably has like a strong smelling like Old Spice shower gel based on like just like even the vibe of his apartment. I, I just don't see him adding cologne as an extra step or a thought in his routine. Someone asked what my official picks for spring would be or what I am wearing a lot right now. I don't have like official spring picks because I feel like spring is a few months long and I change what I wear. I would say like I switch it up on a week to week basis. I crave different things. So I will tell you that in the last two weeks, I have just been craving sort of blooming florals, gently endolic or gently pissy or just like gently with like a hint of something dirty but generally just sort of like fresh and blooming and bright so with that some fragrances that I've been wearing I've been talking about this one a lot but I've been wearing Tamin Fanfare which has that beautiful floral heart but then these sort of slightly green pissy like patchouli mate notes and of course a huge zesty lemon at the top eau de magnolia from frederick mall that is when i slept on that is a fragrance that i had tried many times um, i had a sample of it whenever i would go in the store i would smell it i dismissed it every single time and then i was lucky enough to be gifted in pr a travel size of eau de magnolia which i was going to give to my boyfriend's mom as a gift and then i was like you know what let me just spray it one time before i write it off completely And I love it. I just, I'm craving sort of florals like magnolias and freesias and a lot of flowers that I personally don't really think about when I'm thinking about florals. I feel like if I'm going to wear a floral, I'm usually going for like a white floral, a yellow floral. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It actually kind of reminds me of Jasmine Rouge from Tom Ford. I don't think side by side, but I feel like the sillage of just sort of like a little bit citrusy, a little bit endolic, mainly sweet, fresh soothing. I also have been wearing from Maison Cire Solar Blossom, which I feel like if you really like Love Don't Be Shy, but it was just like a bit too gourmand for you and you wish it leaned a little bit more into the orange blossom side, try Solar Blossom. I find that the balance of gourmand notes and orange blossom notes are just perfectly balanced in that one. It's super sweet, yes, but it still feels very floral, very orange blossomy in a way that just has a nice freshness to it. And if you want to go more the Neroli side of that, because this one is definitely more orange blossom, then Villa Neroli from BDK Parfum is excellent. And it is one of the fragrances in the April Smell Club sample pack. Someone asked about if there are any sort of newer niche brands, or at least new on my radar niche brands that are really impressing me. I recently ordered the Discovery Kit from a brand called Ilk. And there were two fragrances in there that really stood out to me. So the reason, actually this one doesn't even come in the Discovery Kit because it's brand new. But the fragrance that stood out to me most in the Discovery Kit was exactly what I was expecting, which is a scent called Sincere. And I ordered it because it is lactonic. Now I'm going to read you the notes in this fragrance and then you will understand why this is the most Emma fragrance ever. So the top notes are milk, ginger, and peach. The heart notes are orris, ambrette, and alang-alang. And the base notes are coconut, musk, saffron, and amber. And I have to say, actually, the first time I tried it, I wasn't like, I wasn't underwhelmed, but I was like, oh, this is nice. It kind of gave me a little bit of like Lost Alice vibes. Very sort of like pretty, milky, 
that Oris heart was just really beautiful. But when I finally skin tested it, I just kept getting a sillage that I could not stop sniffing. It was so pretty. I love the piquant feeling that you get from the ginger. And in fact, someone had asked me on Instagram the other day for scents that sort of feel like a milky chai tea vibe. And this was one of the first ones that came to mind. Now, it's not a perfect chai tea fragrance by any means. There's not like a cardamom note in here, but that sort of like milky but spicy and sweet, warm, gentle feeling is definitely something I get with Sincere. And then the other fragrance that I'm obsessed with, which I mentioned you have to add to your discovery set because it doesn't come in it currently, is Human, which is like a very umami smell that has notes of concrete and iris powder and mushroom. It almost is like a kind of similar DNA to Umema in that same sort of like salty, musky, umami, what am I kind of smelling fragrance. But there's an even stronger dewiness. I feel like I remember saying that I felt that Umema was distinctly seafoam green and dewy. And this one, it's like if I had to compare them side by side, this one has even more of that sort of melony quality to it and less of the ambergris. But they both feel sort of like similar if you just changed the compositions and the balance of certain notes. Um, That's not to say one copy the other. They're very different. But I just, I really enjoy it for similar reasons of why I love Umema. Someone asked me what my family smells like. I feel like I have talked about my mom a lot on here. So you all know. But this made me think of my dad, who I feel like I've probably talked about what he smelled like too. But my dad smelled honestly like stale cigarettes, alcohol, and um, Irish spring bar soap, which sort of ties into something else because someone asked for like a funny childhood story. And I just feel like so many of my funny childhood stories are connected to my dad. One of them being that he was a big gambler. And so my parents were divorced. And when he would have us for the weekend, he was like, okay, how can I legally gamble with my children? Oh, I know. I will take them to the local arcade. We would go to his house and like in our rooms, we'd see like bags of tickets and he'd be like, oh yeah, like I, I, you know, these are from the last time. But I was like, there's just no way you won this many tickets two Sundays ago because we were with you. Then we would start coming to my dad's house and there'd be like random electronics in our room. There'd be like a stereo or a TV or he'd be like, does your mom need an extra microwave? And I was like, where are you getting this from? And then I realized we went to the arcade and we walked in and the manager came up to us. It was so embarrassing. Grabbed my dad. I don't know if this is a funny story. This is probably more like speaking to the trauma of my childhood. But grabbed my dad and was like, sir, you are now banned from the arcade. You have come here every single day and you have won our entire top shelf row of prizes. But yeah, there was definitely an interesting dynamic like when my mom would pick us up and he'd be like, ask your mom if she wants a new toaster. I was talking about this the other day on Instagram Live as well, but somebody asked me what the strangest scent I ever smelled was. And this was something that for a long time, I didn't have like a very obvious answer. There were a few that like sort of came to mind of like, ooh, these are quite unique, but they weren't really like strange to me in the sense that I found them pretty wearable despite being very different from what else was on the market. I did recently try one that I can say with so much love and admiration is the weirdest, strangest scent I've ever tried. And I say this because I am the absolute biggest, biggest fan of these people, of these fragrances. And that is Joram Studio Firewater. So you know that I love Joram Studio. Trimorous is one of the best Oris fragrances I have ever tried. Pentimento is this amazing like carob, hazelnut, velvet, sort of like gourmand, but not too sweet scent. Gorselin is like this 
weird sort of parsnipy, turnipy, rooty, just like incredible wildflower smell that has like a bit of like a sort of cherry, anise, almondy vibe going on that I adore. And so I was very excited to try fire water. And when I tell you that the first thing I thought of was like liquid smoke and barbecue sauce from McDonald's, I couldn't unsmell it. As soon as I put it on my skin, I was like, maybe this will smell different on skin. But I put it on skin and it was like, it's. I smell like I just ordered a five-piece chicken nugget order from McDonald's and asked for barbecue sauce on the side. And yeah, I have to say, it's the strangest fragrance I have ever smelled. And I love the irreverence of the brand. And there are so many fragrances that are just absolute loves for me. This one, I personally don't find to be wearable on my skin, but I will certainly never forget the olfactive experience. Another person asked me about office scent etiquette. I think it really depends on the industry you work in. Like I see obvious reasons why in the healthcare profession, you can't wear certain really powerful fragrances. I also think you just have to be mindful of in what proximity do you work with other people, if at all. If people really don't have the choice to breathe in your fragrance, I think that is something to take into consideration. Maybe you sit in an open floor plan and you sit right next to another person or you share an office space with someone. So in those cases, I think it's just courteous to think about that. I think if you really wanted to wear something bold, maybe I would go back to some of the inoffensive but bold recommendations I talked about at the beginning of this episode. I think there's so many others you could wear as well. I think the only thing that I would avoid in a place of work, again, I guess it depends on the line of work, but in general, like a very like skanky animalic scent, I would say is probably off limits and something that's like as big and as bold as like Tom Ford Black Orchid, I think I would also avoid. Just something that feels like it could get really cloying or be incredibly gourmand like Victor and Rolf Bonbon, I probably wouldn't personally wear in an office. And then yeah, like I'm not going to be wearing like Francesca Bianchi sticky fingers at my desk smelling like a nice like skanky oris but I might wear La Perla My Day which is like this like beautiful sort of oris iris carrot seed fragrance that's full of aldehydes and really pretty and another thing that I want to say on that of something that I observed during my time in corporate America across multiple organizations was that the senior leadership what they all had in common about their appearance was not necessarily how expensive their clothing was not necessarily how dressy it was but how thoughtful and how editorialized it was I felt like they put a lot of thought into accessorizing or if they were someone who got manicures having a bold color that popped with their outfit or just making sure things matched and looked really put together. And I feel like having a signature scent at work fits hand in hand with that exact concept. I feel like it's like the bow on top of everything. I'm a big fan of having a scent that people associate you by, especially in a corporate environment. So yeah, I think if you are just mindful of something that is not particularly polarizing, I don't see why it can't be bold and memorable. I am sorry if I did not get to your question. A lot of you guys wrote in, but I'm going to do one more. And I know I've talked about this before, but I think it's a topic that is timeless, um, which is what do I have to say to people who call sense old lady sense or grandma sense? And I just want to take this time to acknowledge my own grandmother and the sense that she wore. You have heard me talk so much about how my grandmother wore Giorgio. And have you seen the advertising campaign for Giorgio. It was literally like sex, money, luxury in Beverly Hills and basically like this young woman stealing this other woman's man because she was seducing him with her Giorgio fragrance. 
And I love thinking about that commercial as being the advertising that hooked my grandmother in 1981 when this fragrance launched. But the point of that is to say, did my grandmother eventually get older? My grandmother passed away in her 70s. But yeah, she was wearing Giorgio as a as a 74 year old woman, but not because she smelled it and said, hmm, this smells like a woman in her 70s because she had been wearing the scent for 20 years. If you have a signature scent now and you plan to wear it for the rest of your life, guess what? If all things go well for you, you are going to get older. I also think grandma is a very big age range. There are grandmas that might be 50 years old and there are grandmas that might be centennials and 100 years old. And that's decades and generations in between both sets of grandmothers and the perfumes that they wear. Someone today who is a grandmother might be 65. My grandmother, if she were alive, would be 98 years old. So the fragrances that I even associate with my grandmother are going to be different than what a five-year-old associates with her grandmother. I think it's also just interesting because the whole connotation is that it's supposed to be pejorative. And I guess this idea of an old lady fragrance is what? That old women don't smell good or that old women don't care or that old women play it safe. I think the irony of that is that so many of the fragrances that women who are now between the ages of 60 and 100 are wearing are the big powerhouse 80s fragrances that they have been wearing for a long time. And guess what? Those fragrances were meant to be sexy daring, independent, head-turning, animalic, musky, patchouli. This idea that grandma fragrances are risk-averse or smell bad is just false marketing. Today, if somebody says you smell like a grandmother, they are probably referencing the blockbuster sense of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, depending on when it was that said woman settled into their signature scent. And those were some powerhouse, heavy-hitting fragrances that I would be proud if anybody compared anything in my wardrobe to. Guys, sign up for Smell Club if you have not done so already. I will put the link to register in the notes of this episode. And with that, I'm also excited to announce that our guest next week is, in fact, the BTK Parfum founder, David Benedek. So stay tuned. More to come. It has been a joy, a blast, all the things to catch up with you. And I will see you next week. This podcast is edited by Nick Mitson. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.